Let us pray. Lord, we come to you in this time, and we just know that we need your presence, and we need your word, and we need to understand what you have to speak to us. And each week, we have been going through the book of Ephesians and learning about how important the body of Christ is, and learning how important I am, all of us are, as the body of Christ, together, and that how you bind us together through your spirit. And so we thank you again that we can come to your word this morning, and we can be blessed in it. And so, Lord, touch us through your word, we pray, in the name of Christ. Amen. Well, yesterday was the 4th of July, Independence Day, the day that we, as a nation, were officially independent from England. We celebrate this day remembering that our country was founded on giving people freedom. Freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of due process of law, freedom of assembly. It is good that we have these freedoms. But one of the dangers in having all this freedom is that we want limits on what and who we have to submit to. This morning, we're going to break down one verse. Ephesians 5, verse 21. That says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. See, the irony is that we are actually freed up to live as God calls us to live when we learn how to submit to God. And so let us look at this verse. Let's break it down and really see what God has to say to us this morning. This verse starts out with the word submit. And so we ask, what does submit mean? The literal definition of submit is to accept or yield to a superior force or to the authority or will of another person. So so to submit is to give ourselves over to the authority that will guide, govern, or control us. The first recipients of Paul's letter, the church at Ephesus, surely felt disrupted by this verse, by verse 21. They lived in the hierarchical Roman world, and so they were all understanding about submission. It was an expected part of their existence. Submission was how all people approached their superiors, fathers, masters, husbands, public officials, and most of all, Rome itself. But in the Roman world, submission always flowed one way, from down to up, from lesser to greater, from the weak to the powerful. If Paul had written, submit to those in authority out of reverence for Christ, his audience wouldn't have been disturbed or surprised. But he wrote, submit to one another. We do not live in a world where we think that much about this word submit. We do not think of ourselves really submitting to anyone. Maybe when we were growing up, we had our parents over in authority over us, and so we submitted ourselves to them, to, to their authority. We might have a boss, but we don't think of our relationship to our boss as something that we submit to, someone who we submit to, because we do not think of this kind of submissive leadership. The Greek word for submit is hupo it is a military term, meaning to put oneself in rank other an, under another person. It implies taking the mindset of a servant, where instead of expecting that others will cater to your needs, you seek out to meet the needs of others. See, the key is having this right mindset. 
we are called by God to submit. We understand that it is good to submit because God directs us in this manner. We will learn that it is something to be acted upon by all of God's people. Yet it begins first with our submitting to Christ, which then leads us to submit to one another. Now, before I get to talking about submitting to Christ, I want to talk us talk about what it means to submit to one another. The biblical concept of submission is to place oneself under the authority of another. When we submit to God, we give our lives over to his authority and control. As we were created in the image of God to be in relationship to God, we must understand and acknowledge that God is our authority, the authority of our lives. We are therefore called, first and foremost, to submit to God. So think for a moment, what ways can we submit to God? Well, one way we submit to God is through salvation. What I mean by this is that we begin submission to God by believing in Jesus, who is God's Son, risen from the dead and giving us eternal life. As Romans 10:9 says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. We have to submit by accepting that we cannot save ourselves, but we are saved only when we put our faith and trust in Christ. A second way to submit to God is through obedience. We are called to submit to God through loving obedience to his commands. God instructs us on the good and the right way to live. And we submit by learning to these teachings and then putting them into practice in our life. Our obedience comes by acknowledging that God's ways are better than our ways. A third way that we submit is to submit to one another, how we treat one another. Again, Ephesians 5.21 says, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ which we are seeking to understand what this means for us this morning. And we are going to look at even more in depth what this means in a moment. In all of our relationships, husband and wife, friend to friend, those in the body of Christ, we are called to submit to each other. All areas of our lives are to be submitted to God and placed under God's authority. When we come to Jesus for salvation, we're showing our submission to the Lord through our actions in ways that honor God and change the lives of others. But it all starts by submitting ourselves to Christ as our Savior and Lord, which will enable us to do what we need to do. So our first point is that we live in a time that is very confusing and frustrating where we have lost a sense of purpose in our lives. But we understand that when we submit to God, our lives will be ordered. And again, we will find our purpose and our meaning. As we get past the word submit, we see that Paul urges people to submit to each other. What does this mean? How is mutual submission even possible? Doesn't someone have to be in charge in a relationship or an organization if it's going to function well? If everyone is submitting to everyone else, how can anything get done? Understand that the whole idea of mutual submission would have been exceptionally disruptive to these first recipients in the church in Ephesus. John Calvin, the great reformer theologian, says, 
God has bound us so strongly to each other that no man ought to endeavor to avoid subjection. And where love reigns, mutual services will be rendered. I do not accept even kings and governors whose very authority is held for the service of the community. It is highly proper that all should be exhorted to be subject to each other in their turn. The key here is you find the imperative, submit to one another given to us. But maybe it might be a little disturbing to you. You're not sure if you understand it or you want to even deal with it. And so I want to encourage you to ask God in this time to open your heart, to open your mind to understanding why this is so important to us as Christ followers, as the body of Christ. And so we need to understand that Ephesians 5.21 does not say submit to one another at the same time. Behind this verse is the assumption that some will lead and others will follow. During this time of the pandemic, I really want to, to lift up our leaders. I mean, they have done a great job keeping us moving forward, keeping us connected as a church. One leader will get an idea and they'll run with it and the rest of us follow and then another gets an idea and then the rest of us again follow that person and it, the leadership changes as we submit to each other based on how God is leading each leader to lead and each of us to follow. Well, it's wonderful that we can lead and follow in this way and we have our times when we'll lead and we have our times when we will follow see god gifts us all in special ways and we are called to lead with these gifts at different times and we are called to follow at different times but it all works because we are being led by christ to whom we all submit when we think of mutual submission as something that is dynamic Rather than static, we can understand how it is not chaotic because we are guided by the Holy Spirit who leads us in all these endeavors. I believe the Bible teaches us that there is a deeper benefit to submission that needs to be considered. The real idea here is voluntary yielding in love. And yet it goes even deeper than just voluntary, voluntary yielding. See, Paul urges us to submit to each other. Submission, I believe, is to be expressed not just in yielding, but in actual service. If we look for other passages in Paul's letters that sound like this passage in Ephesians 5.21, we come to Galatians 5.13, where we are told that people free in Christ should serve one another humbly in love. Though serve humbly and submit are not precisely equivalent in meaning, serving humbly is an active expression of submission, one that goes beyond voluntary yielding in love. And so we see that we are actually moving to this voluntary serving in love. We are living in a time where this voluntary serving in love is much needed and will go a long way. So many people are feeling displaced in their life. So many are struggling financially, emotionally, even mentally. When we seek out ways to serve others in love, we will be bringing a great blessing to many people's lives. This is what the church is called to do. This is what we as Christ followers are called to do. This is what could make all the difference 
in our world right now. Pick up the phone and call someone and try to bring encouragement to them. Stop by someone's house and drop a little goodie, a coffee or or a treat on their porch and see if that doesn't lift their spirit for the day. I know that this has happened already in our church. People have made masks for other people. People have shopped for other people. People are voluntarily serving in love. Submission, therefore, involves choosing a posture of humility that leads one to serve others. If I'm in a community of mutual submission, I don't just wait for a brother or sister to give me some order to follow so I could submit. Rather, I seek opportunities to serve humbly. When Ephesians 5.21 says that we are to submit to one another, it does mean that leadership and followership are to be shared among the members of the Christian community. And so our second point is that we are called to submit to one another. And in doing so, there is mutual benefit from this. Then Ephesians 5.21 tells us to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. There you have it. The rationale, the, the motivation. We are to submit out of reverence for Christ. What helps us to, to submit when we don't want to? Reverence to Christ. What forms our hearts so that fellowship and leadership of others come easier to us? Reverence for Christ. If you were to read Ephesians 5.21 in the King James Version, you'd find submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Indeed, the word translated in the NIV as reverence is the word phobos in Greek. It is the basic word for fear. Yet almost every contemporary translation prefers reverence over fear. The New International Version, the New Living Translation, the English um, Standard Version, and the New Revised Standard, all these versions rather use reverence as opposed to fear. Why? Because reverence captures the subtlety of phobos. It conveys utter respect and awe while rightly avoiding the sense of being scared. We might paraphrase phobos as saying, awestruck reverence and deep respect for Christ. The more we are overwhelmed by the grandeur of Christ, the more we will submit ourselves fully to him as his servants. The more we pray for God to open our eyes, especially in this time about how we want to see God at work, the more we will submit ourselves to him as servants. God is indeed at work in this time. He is leading us to trust him more. He is allowing families to spend more quality time together. He is causing us to slow down and reflect more on the importance of life, the meaning of life. He is challenging our faith and putting our faith to test. In James 1, 2-4, it says, Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its perfect result, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. This act of reverent submission to Christ will prime our souls to submit to one another. When we are on our knees together before our Lord, we'll find it easier to remain on our knees in submission and service to one another. 
Our humility before our Lord will carry over into humility before each other. This act is so important for us to do as the people of God. So Paul says that we are to be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. Again, this is not the the cringing fear of judgment, but rather reverential fear that acknowledges Christ's supremacy as Lord over the universe, Lord over our lives. It is the awe of knowing that God has put all things under the subjection of Christ's feet, as we learned back in Ephesians 1, 22. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord. There's also the fear of grieving or disappointing the one who loved us and gave his life up for us. We are in a time where people might be wondering where God is or why God doesn't seem to be doing more. This is the perfect time to start a conversation with your neighbor, with your family member, with your friend, that God works in the most unusual ways. God used a harlot named Rahab to do a great work for God. God used the the donkey of Balaam to do a great work. God used the deaf man and the demon-possessed and the blind to do his works and to show his glory. God can work and is at work now in the midst of the pandemic, in the midst of the racial unrest. We believe this. This is why we submit. The test of whether we are truly subject to God-ordained authority is whether we can submit joyfully. Grudging submission is perhaps better than no submission at all. But joyful submission shows that we are truly subject to God. Verse 21 is a continuation of the results of being filled with the Spirit. And the continuation of the the prior verses to this verse, where we are told to joyfully sing and joyfully give thanks to God. You can't divorce submission from these two verses. Submission can be joyful because we know that God has our good in his view. And so our third point is that we cannot truly live for Christ without first revering Christ. Trusting Christ and then allowing this reverence and trust to lead us to submit to each other and act for the benefit of each other. The cry being raised up now is Black Lives Matter. And while I agree that Black Lives Matter, I connect more with the cry All Lives Matter. If we agree that all lives matter, then we will understand that each and every person on this earth is a part of God's creation and therefore important. When we submit ourselves to God, we put ourselves in a place where we do not think ourselves as better than anyone else or deserving more than anyone else. It is then that we can humble ourselves and submit to one another, seeking to actively serve one another when we see a need. Let me ask you some hard questions. Are you a submissive person? More importantly, are you submitting daily to Jesus Christ in everything in your life? Are you submitting yourself to God in ways ways that allow you to trust God in all situations, including what we're going through now? Are you submitting yourself to others in selfless service for Christ's sake? Do you look for the needs in others so that you can minister to others who are in need? 
If you are filled with the Spirit, your relationship should be marked by joyful submission to others out of the fear of Christ. And I pray that we will understand this and that our disposition as Christ followers and as the body of Christ will be to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. May we seek to do this today, understanding that when we do, we benefit one another and we bless and honor God. Let us pray.